Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey everybody, it's been a while, but this is episode 8 of On Deck. I'm Bill, that's Lloyd. Lloyd, it's been a while since we've recorded this show. Are you ready to talk about the Steam Deck? I know I am. I I definitely am. Like we we haven't done a show for 3 weeks uh, as we said. Um that means we're 3 weeks closer to getting one of these bad boys in our grubby little hands. Uh I keep checking the the Steam Deck page just to see if my delivery date gets bumped up. It hasn't. It's still quarter one, 2022, but fingers are crossed I'll be able to get one in December because, man, I'm so excited about getting one of these bad boys in my, as I said, grubby little hands. Yeah, I, it's funny. If, you, if you're listening to this show and you want to check out the video version, it's over on our YouTube channel, nerdnest.tv. I was doing a live stream earlier this morning. I was playing a game that I am very excited to get on deck, and that's <laughs> Final Fantasy fourteen. And uh, I was discussing it with live chat and we were kind of talking about the idea of all of the people who pre-ordered the Steam Deck because it was only five bucks. And then if they cancel their pre-order, that five bucks just goes into their Steam wallet to be spent on other things. And I Mm -hmm. am anticipating not because the Steam Deck isn't going to be awesome, because I really do think it is. I mean, obviously, we wouldn't do a podcast about it (laughs) if we didn't. Um, Right. But I'm anticipating a lot of people canceling it because spending $400, $600 right before the holidays is something that a lot of people might, they might say, you know what, maybe I don't need to do that right now. <laughs> but when it came time to make those pre-orders, it was such an easy decision to say, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and pre-order and maybe I'll change my mind later. And that's right. absolutely something that I did. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I'm going to pre-order. Maybe I'll change my mind later. I'm not going to change my mind. I've got the money set aside for it, but I think a lot of people will. And so that's why Lloyd keeps checking and I keep checking to see, am I still quarter one, 2020, uh, 2022, or have I moved into that December, that precious, uh, exciting December category exactly. and neither of us have moved yet. And it's making me sad. It is. Uh, <laughs> I, I had the exact same plan as you. I was like, oh, this thing looks uncomfortable, but I want to wait and see more. But I'm going to pre-order now just in case. So the pre-orders went live, and it was probably a couple hours before I pre-ordered, which was an unfortunate mistake. And because of that delay, I'm quarter one of 2022. But I'm glad that I pre-ordered when I did, uh, because obviously the thing looks super comfortable after seeing people actually hold it in their hands and and more images. It doesn't look like it's something that is just like crazy top heavy um and then it, it'll it'll weigh down your hands because of how you're holding it obviously that's not a thing but looking at the first screenshots that's what i was like oh that doesn't look like it's going to be super comfortable well i'm glad i'm glad i pre-ordered but i didn't pre-order fast enough so uh hopefully as you said bill people in front of us will just say i don't want to spend that money and cancel uh, but i i have a feeling that the people that pre-ordered immediately are the type of people that want it uh day one so I'm not going to hold my breath, but I'm going to cross my fingers and hold out hope. Yeah, I can understand that. I, I wasn't planning on talking about this. We didn't put it in the show notes. Um, like when I pre-ordered mine, I was actually live doing a, a stream. I was playing Zelda Skyward Sword on our YouTube channel. Right. 
And I was just I was playing the game and then trying to refresh over and over, trying to get uh, through that. And uh, it's just I ended up waiting a couple hours to pre-order because of just the the trouble that I had. But I have to say the difference between pre-ordering the Steam Deck, which while was a very frustrating experience for me, is so much better than trying to get your hands on an Xbox Series X or a PS5. Those things are impossible to get a hold of. So kudos to Valve for the way that they rolled out the pre-order process where you had to have a Steam account that you had spent money on prior to when it went live so that people couldn't, scalpers couldn't take advantage of the situation. Right. I wish more companies would do what valve did there and it wasn't perfectly smooth process for me but it was way better than the ridiculous process of getting my hands on my my xbox series x i had to jump through some hoops follow some guy on twitter um have walmart installed on my phone and have it open (laughs) up on my computer at the same time cross my fingers have have one of my kids hold an antenna down the down the uh, down the hall uh, to to get the perfect signal mm-hmm. in order to get an Xbox Series X, and you know I just had to go to Valve's website. It's so much better. <laughs> it is. It, it's how I wish I could buy everything. Like I if if I can't go to a store and pick it up immediately, I just want to go to the company that made it, give them my money, and when it's in their warehouse, they'll ship it to me, and then I don't have to worry about it anymore. So uh, hopefully, a lot of people will take a um, I don't know take a Steal this, I guess, is what I'll say from yeah. Valve, uh, because I'd love every pre-order to go like this. Absolutely. All right. Well, so thank you to Valve for that. And speaking of thank yous, we want to say a real quick thank you to both Tom Cassidy and P. Cray, who sent in super chats during. You you put this um, uh, you put this screenshot in here. When was this? Because I wasn't there for that. And what somebody said that I needed to take my Steam Deck apart. Um, <laughs> What are uh, these? What are what are these stream? Uh, uh, these super chats. It, from? it happened when we uh, we did a premiere of On Deck Seven. Oh, that's right. And we watched uh, we watched live with the audience as uh, the video was playing. So uh, thank you to Tom Cassidy and P. Cray. Uh, appreciate you, folks. Yeah, I'm not taking apart my Steam Deck though. So uh, <laughs> no way, P. Cray. But thank you very much for the support. We do appreciate it. Now I do remember that because. Um, that was, that was really fun. And we're, I'm going to do that from now on after I edit the show to get, uh, to get it all set up and everything. And we'll do a premiere. It'll probably be a little later in the day so that I can be there for it instead of when I'm at work. So it'll probably be around 3 PM on Mondays, maybe in the future. I'm not sure yet. 3 PM. Uh, yes. Eastern my time, uh, because that's the only time zone that matters, but thank you to Tom Cassidy and P Cray Lloyd shaking his head because (laughs) he lives in the middle of the country. I do. Uh, in the middle of Canada, and I live on the east coast of, well, coast is, I, I live in the eastern time zone of the United States. <laughs> I, I, live, right. I live really close to the geographic center of North America, because that, yeah. that is in Manitoba. So that is, that is where I live. We want to say thanks to Chris Howard for sending in this question a while ago. He said, I would be interested to hear your thoughts on the longevity of the, of the Steam Deck. We couldn't get it in the previous episode. Uh, so we wanted to have a little bit more time to talk about it because we got to it very, very late in episode seven. And so we just skipped over it and we wanted to talk about it this week. 
I don't think that we're going to run into real longevity issues with the Steam Deck because, yes, there are going to be games that are going to come out and the Steam Deck will struggle to run. But you, with PC games, you always have the option to turn things down. And that means that, sure, your games won't look as good as they possibly could, but you'll be able to play them and you'll be able to take them wherever you want and play them on that 800 piece screen. And it's going to work just fine for a very long time. That being said, and I know there's a lot of people who disagree with me on this. Mm -hmm. I hope that we get the steam deck two and the steam deck three in quick succession so that people who don't get the steam deck, the first one right away like they don't have to buy one that's been out for two or three years because that means that the games that are coming out two or three years from then are going to be running on very, very old hardware. And I know that there's a lot of people that, you know, they shake their fist and they light their torches and they poke at the at me with the pitchforks. I think it's better for everybody if they have a, a quicker release cadence with this particular hardware because you can't open it i mean you can open it up and we'll talk about that uh but you can't really open it up and replace the parts easily like you can with most pcs right so having it so that you can quick like uh in quick succession upgrade that system people don't like that idea because they're like i don't want to keep buying new systems and my argument is those new systems aren't for you they're for the people who haven't bought one yet. Right. And then when you're starting to feel long in the tooth, the system that came out five years from now, that's the one that's for you. Yeah. It, th- but the ones that came out three years from now, those are for the other people that didn't buy the first one. Sorry, I cut you off. No, that's fine. It, this is very similar to kind of the video card thing that we have right now where uh, you play a game, you like the game, the game's good. A new game comes out, it doesn't look as good, you go buy a new video card. And you put your video card in, you take your old one out, you update your drivers. Your same PC is playing new games. Uh, I could see treating the Steam Deck kind of like buying a new video card. So in three, four years, uh, you're noticing that games aren't performing really well, even at the lowest settings. Well, you buy a Steam Deck 2, and it'll have faster processor, faster RAM, faster whatever, faster GPU. And then that is your new Steam Deck. You move all your stuff over, you sell your old one, give it away, whatever you're going to do with it. Uh, I think that is how I'm going to treat this device. I I fully expect to get about four or five years out of it before I would ever replace it, similar to like my Nintendo Switch. Uh, Before I I get the Switch 2, I'm going to want to at least get five years out of the Switch 1. And by that time, hopefully the Switch 2 will be announced and we'll know when it's coming. Uh, It'll be the same thing for the Steam Deck, uh, just because of 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 how the hardware is um such a low resolution screen means that hopefully games will run on it longer without yeah. uh without too many downgrades cuz the the big the big push to uh to your system is um higher resolution and more bells and whistles thrown at it so you don't ever have to worry about higher resolution on the Steam Deck it's 800p and that's exactly what it is so hopefully this will last a lot longer and we live in an era of cloud gaming so even at the end of the four years you'll be able to cloud game your your stuff at 4k 60 and the stream coming to you will be 720p whatever um you'll have all all, everything turned up to 11 
uh, but you're still getting that 800p or 720p stream that is coming to you. So you'll be even be able to extend the life of your device even further by using a cloud gaming service on the, on the uh, Steam Deck. Yeah, uh, we got a comment uh, about the longevity from Coolzer uh, TC. They said longevity. My 10 year old PC with mechanical hard drives, 5400 RPM, still plays all current gen, gen games at 1080p high settings. So I expect the Steam Deck uh, will be viable for many years. Just don't expect all the bells and whistles like ray tracing. And that is the thing that I think that there's a lot of people out there who have unrealistic expectations for what a portable piece of hardware can do. Uh, and they are they are expecting things like ray tracing and all this other crazy stuff that just is not possible on portable hardware because you have to take into consideration battery battery uh i'm sorry i said battery twice uh, battery <laughs> now thrice and uh heat and uh how how long that's going to last how much heat it's going to generate and how how much you're going to be actually be able to play that system turning on all the stuff means you can't play your games for as long so these are all things that valve had to take into consideration and yeah Kultzer is has a really good point they're Using a 10-year-old PC, they can still play games at 1080p. And sure, a lot of people, not everybody, because it is different things to different people, but a lot of people who are interested in the Steam Deck are people who are like, I want to have the highest resolution. I want to have all this. I want to have everything turned on. I want to have 144 hertz. All of this craziness, that's not really what this is for. This is for a different thing. But again different things to different people so right. we'll see what happens exactly all right let's move on and talk about uh the curse that we may have <laughs> broken by by missing an entire week uh because for those of you that don't know i was sick lloyd was sick we took a week off and in that week well in the last two episodes episode six and episode seven we would drop the episode and right after that yep. valve would be like here's some new news yep. and we'd be like come on really within so hours so <laughs> within hours so much so that people were making jokes in our comment section about that like this one from matt bell says valve loves messing with you guys putting another <laughs> video out just after this episode and i think that this literally came out a couple of hours after our episode uh episode seven of on deck Valve announced this verified stuff, which is what Lloyd and I have been talking about for a while. We were like, how are they going to tell or communicate to the end user that this is a game that we know works really well on deck? And now we know how they're going to do this. They have these four categories of deck compatibility. Verified, playable, unsupported, and unknown. It's funny that, uh, well, I'm not going to get into that. So <laughs> verified has four things that have to be true in order for a game to be verified. And essentially Valve is going through and checking all of the games on Steam and putting these little icons on each one of those games so that you know whether or not you should buy that for your Steam Deck. Uh, so in order to get verified, which is indicated with a little green check mark, you have to... Uh, the title should have full controller support, use appropriate controller input icons, and automatically bring up the on-screen keyboard when needed. Uh, seamlessness. The title shouldn't display any compatibility warnings 
And if there's a launcher, it should be naviga navigable. That's a, uh, <laughs> I would have said navigatable, but I think they're probably right. I they're smarter so. than I am. Uh, navigable with a controller. Uh, the game should support the default resolution of the Steam Deck, uh, have good default settings, and text should be legible. And system support, if running through Proton, the game and all of its middleware should be supported by Proton. This includes anti-cheat support. Stay tuned. We're going to talk more about that anti-cheat support later on in the show. We've got some really good news about that. Right. So, first off, Lloyd, mm -hmm. what do you think about these four things? Do you think that's enough, in your opinion, to warrant the green check mark i i very much think so the for me the biggest issue was going to be text size because um when xbox uh 360 was out and they came out with the new uh i think it was the, the codename falcon or whatever it was it was the xbox 360 that had a built-in hdmi port on the back so all of a sudden you could go up from your com component or composite cables and you can plug hdmi directly into your xbox um when that happened, there were so many games where they would go up from um, whatever 800p or whatever it was to uh, to 1080p, and all of a sudden it's like, well, the the text is impossible. You can't read this. I remember, I think it was like Dead Rising. You couldn't you couldn't progress in the game because the text was just so darn small on the screen. So for me, that was going to be the biggest issue. Uh, the fact that they're looking to make sure that you can go through everything, including the launcher with controller. Uh, and the display will have legible text. I think for me, that is all you really need. Obviously, with the system support, if Proton will actually run the stuff and and all that other all the other stuff that goes along with it, um, these four key components to say that a game is verified is pretty fantastic. Um, but the one thing that makes me maybe kind of smile a little bit when I first read this page is because right at the top it says Valve is reviewing the entire Steam catalog on deck. I'm like. Oh my God, whose job is that? I a poor interns coming in and downloading <laughs> like ten year old games to see if they run on the hardware. But uh, I, I'm sure they have some some utilities that will go through and and do it by computer and then only flag the ones that are that need human intervention. Yeah. But what a crazy job that would be! Like this is a new console. We call it a console. Everybody fights in the chat. I get that. But let's just <laughs> for 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 ease of communication here, we'll call it a console. This is a new console that's launching with like thousands of games. That never happens. A new console comes out. If there's backwards compatibility, maybe it supports three, four hundred games, and then new stuff comes out. So just the 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 checking that has to go on to to have this verified thing. I I don't even want to imagine what how many man hours uh, are 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 being used to verify all these games. It's going to be a lot of time by a lot of people over a lot of months to uh, to get all these green check marks sorted out. Yeah, I, I'm kind of torn on the green check mark, and we'll get to the the non green check marks in a minute. But I'm kind of torn on the green check mark because as somebody who has played a lot with the Steam controller, the biggest issue that I've ever run into is when a game doesn't let you simultaneously use mouse and keyboard and joystick at the same time because right. generally what you would do with with some games that are not made um with like the steam with those touch pads in mind right. is you will control uh the left the uh, the the joystick of your controller with the joystick and then that right pad actually inputs like a mouse and if the game doesn't support simultaneous 
joystick and mouse and gamepad support, it kind of runs into issues that are very, very irritating. Now, that being said, that is a that's a problem because the Steam controller only has one joystick, right. doesn't have a D-pad, all of the things that the Steam Deck actually has. Like, it has all of the things that a regular controller has, and then on top of it also has these touch-sensitive, pressure-sensitive um, thumb pads for you to do a bunch of other stuff with, which is great. Right. So part of me says, boy, I really wish that they had that requirement that if it's going to be verified, then it has to say, yeah, you're allowed to use a mouse and keyboard. I'm sorry, a mouse, keyboard, and uh, controller at the same time. Right. But is that as important when you actually have all the things a traditional controller has? Right. I'm not sure. So, I'm like I said, I'm torn on the green check mark. But let's move on to the next category, which is playable. This is a little yellow icon with an eye in it. It says this game might require some manual tweaking for the user to play. Uh, so in that case, and they're showing Team Fortress Two because Team Fortress Two works great on the Steam controller, um, but you have to go in and do your own bindings or just use bindings that other people exactly. have come up with. So the the green check mark and the yellow uh, eye icon, I think both of those are going to be games where it's just going to pretty much work with right. extremely small changes on the part of the user. And that's going to be most of the, the library. Yeah, I think the, the yellow icon will be the vast majority of the Steam library and there'll be newer games will have the check mark because they're supporting the new Steam controller APIs and 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 all that stuff so that or or steam i can't remember what the api is called for the controller stuff um steam input steam input there you go um so they're supporting the the latest steam input api so you can basically tell steam okay we support multiple controllers we support a controller and a keyboard we support all this other stuff so newer games will have that hopefully it's a quick patch for a lot of these other games to to go from the uh the the yellow caution to the green you're good to go um but yeah we'll kind of see how how that plays out as uh as this device starts hitting uh people's hands and then they have two other icons they're both gray one just says this doesn't work mm-hmm. and they used half-life alex as a as an example which makes perfect sense because it's a vr game i know that you know, Gabe said, well, you can plug it in if you want, but this isn't what we designed it for. Right. Um, but they're basically saying, don't buy this game for your Steam Deck yep. because it's not going to work the way that you want it. And I like that they're pointing that out to people right ahead of time. Right. And then the other gray category is we haven't checked this game for compatibility yet. So a lot of the games that are in that fourth category are eventually going to move into the, either the yellow or the green as they mm-hmm. get checked. And I love that. It was weird at first because Valve put out two videos, one video that is aimed at people like you and me. Right. And then another video that is aimed at the devs. And they were like, this is what you guys need to do. Tell us to check for your game. If you want to make sure that your game works on deck, send us a message. Go to this place. Send us a message. We'll check and we will let you know. You can then make changes right. to move it from either unsupported or playable to the verified category that's really cool it, it really is um I, I i just like this we were hoping that something like this would be there 
it is. Uh, of course it is. Valve Valve does things right. Um, the, the best part is the Steam store will have all these icons there, so you don't have to go to a different website. Uh, you can get compatibility details on everything. Like if you choose Half-Life Alex, it says, yeah, this, this doesn't work because it's a VR title. Um, it requires a VR headset. Uh, Team Fortress 2 will say uh, this product has missing or inaccurate controller glyphs, so it doesn't support the icons that come from Steam Input. It's it's hard coding their own. So all that stuff is really great. So you could look at a game and say, well, a lot of my friends are playing Team Fortress 2. Bad game to choose, but it's right in front of me on the screen. <laughs> um, so maybe I want to get it, but will it work? And you look at it and it's like, oh, okay, well, I'm, I might have to mess around with the controls and maybe the button inputs are wrong, but I can live with that. I'm going to buy it. It's on a Steam sale, pick it up for five bucks, and then you can quickly jump in and play with your friends. Uh, it just gives very good high-level kind of overview of how the game will perform at a very high level. And then, of course, there's going to be forums, there's going to be websites, there's going to be podcasts like ours that are going to talk about their experiences with individual games, and then you'll be able to kind of tune in and get all that that kind of like fine detail um, information uh, down the road, um, but it's going to re- make it really easy to to go through the Steam sales, Steam, the Steam store, your current library, and see. Okay, this this is almost supported. I'm going to wish list it and then come back to it in a in a couple months and see if it has the green check mark. Uh, or this is in my library; it's not supported, so I'm never going to worry about playing that one. I'm just going to play other games. Uh, just fantastic, and I love that it's built in. Yeah, and uh, for those of you who are wondering, what do you guys mean when you say incorrect uh, input glyphs? So, for example, when Team Fortress 2 was released on Steam, it was not controller compatible. Like, it, it you hook up a controller and it says, I don't know what you're doing. What is that thing? But if you want to play it with, like, say, a Steam controller, you can, but it'll say press space to jump, and then you personally, the the person, have to know Oh, that's right. I put A as the jump button, so I'm going to remember right. that. Exactly. And when you first start playing a game like that, where it doesn't have the right glyphs, good God, it's a huge <laughs> pain for you to internalize every time I see the space bar uh, as the or the E button as the interact button. I have to remember to hit this on my controller. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a pain yep. when you're learning the game. But after an hour or so it starts to melt away and you just remember, Oh, this is where this goes. Uh, it's the kind of the same as where, you know, I play a game on an Xbox for a while and then I switch over to a Nintendo, uh, (laughs) system and suddenly a and B are reversed. And I'm like, uh, I'm having trouble here. And then after 15, 20 minutes, my brain rewires itself and I'm okay. Uh, that's exactly what they mean with the incorrect glyphs. Exactly. You you took the example right out of my mouth. I was going to talk about switching between my switch and my Xbox all the time which is really annoying, especially when you play a game like Fortnite and you're used to hitting certain buttons and then it tells you to hit a different button and it's like, okay, the button's the same. I know the button is the same, but my brain says hit X and I'm hitting the wrong button now because it's different on, on Nintendo. Yeah. All right. right. You know, I told people that we would talk about this uh, system support that, w- that was mentioning where they talked about middleware and anti-cheat support. So let's talk about that. This is very, very interesting. It got posted over to... Um, uh, the, the subreddit, which I've been hanging out there and reading stuff over there a lot. There's been an update to BattleEye and Proton support, and uh, they talked specifically about a couple of games that are coming, which a lot of people were excited about. That's not the part that I got excited about. The part that I got excited about is this last little quote 
at the end, it says, if you're using BattleEye, they're talking to devs, not you. Um, if you're using BattleEye and would like to support Steam Deck, reach out to BattleEye directly to request that they enable support. If your game uses BattleEye and you have follow-up questions for Valve, reach out to us here. Basically, this is saying, look, you don't have to do a lot of work as a dev to make this happen. You pick up the phone. Nobody's picking up the phone, but you know what I mean. <laughs> you pick up the phone and you say, hey, turn it on for my game. It's cool. And then they turn it on and you're all set. Right. This means that BattleEye games are going, like the number of games, like uh, I think the two that people were excited about were, um, I've forgotten the first one, but it was Ark Survival Evolved, which I don't care about that game even a little, but it uses <laughs> BattleEye and I know it's a popular game and it is now going to be supported through BattleEye and Proton because it's easy to implement. And the things that are easy to implement are the things that devs will implement. Yeah, it, it must be something as simple as just uh, flipping a switch on some sort of profile um, or configuration um, settings, um, which is great. That that hopefully will mean that the developers don't have to recompile. Uh, so if, this is, if there's like an old game that maybe was new five years ago, but developers don't really have the same uh tool chain and uh an environment to recompile it hopefully they they could just contact uh battle eye and they'll they'll push out like a little um permission update or a configuration update which will then um allow proton support for battle eye for that specific game hopefully it's that easy and if it is that that's that's pretty huge and that'll be good for a lot of the games that are running on steam and it's not just for games that are running on steam deck it's for that's people right. who right. want to use Linux instead of Windows, which that's not going to be me. I'm not a Linux guy. It's it's too hard for me. I just want things to just work. And I know that you can get things to just work, but you have to work in order to get <laughs> things to just work with Linux. And I don't have time for that. So I'm not interested in that. But I know that there's a lot of people out there that do not want to use Windows because it is a resource hog. Uh, it You will get better response from your computer if you are running linux you'll get better performance uh, a lot of times if you're running linux because it doesn't have a bunch of resources that are being uh used up by windows uh tasks right um so i think that this is good for gaming in general which is what valve wants valve wants to dethrone windows as the default gaming platform that's right and that's right. well i'm putting words in their mouth but that's what i think that their end goal is for sure and and just to to remember like we're talking about linux on a desktop not linux that's running on the the steam deck with steam os3 yeah. Everything that is being done to make these games work on your Steam Deck means that these games will work on any version of Linux on your PC. Well, obviously not any version of Linux, but any modern version of Linux. You'll be able to install all this stuff if you want to like, roll your own PC and, and add all this stuff into it. You can now get all the benefits of Valve putting the hard work in, uh, getting the right people together, and coming up with these solutions, which will then propagate across the rest of the the Linux um, gaming, um, I don't even know what I want to say, like a uh, world. <laughs> that's the wrong <laughs> word, but that's the word I'm going to use right now. It, it's fantastic. And, uh, and again, it, it just shows that Valve isn't really... They're not just in this for the money. Of course, the money is good. It allows them to do things like this, but they've 
comments early on have always said, uh, whether it was Gabe or other people at Valve saying, we want gaming on PC to move forward. And we're doing all we can to move gaming on PC forward. We're not playing games uh, with other other platform holders. We're not going to withhold stuff. We're we're going to just throw this out there. And if you want to use um, the 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 patches that we've done out to 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 different um versions of os's or game engines or middleware feel free and take it and they've been very open about that in the past and it's really good to see that that is in fact what's happening here yeah uh, speaking of devs and comments and things like that we have a comment here from an actual dev um durante who i guess is most well known uh, for their PC ports of games like Trials of Cold Steel and that kind of stuff. Right. Um, they they port a lot of Japanese games from consoles to PC. Well, they've got their hands on the Steam Deck, and they had some things to say about both the hardware and the software. So I'm going to give the the quote and then see if Lloyd has anything to say, and then I'll see if I have anything to say either. Number one, <laughs> he says it feels, re- talking about hardware, He says, it feels really good, very ergonomic to hold. All the controls are easy to reach. That is a big concern that was yours when you Mm -hmm. first saw it. You looked at it and you said, this thing looks very uncomfortable to use. Right. And like everybody out there who's gotten their hands on this thing has said it's really comfortable what are your thoughts on that i love it i love it the more uh the more that people say that uh the better that i feel and i'm i'm glad that my initial impressions were wrong uh i'm always happy to be wrong when it uh, turns out uh, to be a benefit right um i don't like being wrong when it makes me look like a fool but if it's a benefit for everybody (laughs) i'm okay with that and i'm glad that i was wrong in this instance Mm mm-hmm uh, he says the shoulder and back buttons both feel much better than their Steam controller equivalents. So when he says back buttons, he means the paddles that are on the back. Yeah. I think this is great. I love the Steam controller. It is like my favorite controller, but it's my favorite controller because of the track pads, not because of any of the other stuff. Right. The um, the the bumpers on the Steam controller are terrible. They are very, very clicky and very loud. And it feels almost hollow when you click those bo- those shoulder buttons down. It's like ka-chonk, ka-chonk. Right. Uh, I've right. never been a fan of that. Um, I think that the buttons that they uh, have on the Steam Deck look a lot more traditional, which, uh, again, the reason that the Steam Controller fell down other than the lawsuit, um, look at old episodes to find out more about that lawsuit, but the reason that that fell down was because people looked at it and they said it doesn't have all the things that a traditional controller has. Right. This does. And it has the track pads. So I'm very happy about about that. And he also said the D-pad felt a bit mushy at first. Uh, but in actual use of playing a 2D game, it works really well. Your thoughts on the D-pad stuff and the shoulder and back buttons? Um, D-pads can make and break a controller for me. Uh, I like to play a lot of older games, and I like to use the D-pads for the the full digital control over it because uh, you don't want analog in side-scrollers and things like that, 2D side-scrollers. Um, there's a lot of controllers that I hate because of the D-pad. I love my, my Switch Pro controller for everything else. It is the worst mm-hmm. D-pad I have ever used on any device uh, ever. It is horrible. Um, and the, to, to feel or 
sorry, to read that someone feels that it was mushy at first, but then it really worked when they were trying to use it. Um, that makes me happy because I'm going to, I'm going to be using my steam deck for a lot of emulation, uh, playing older, older games. And to have a D pad that works is uh, a big bonus for me. Uh, he goes on to say the one thing that's actually problematic in this prototype and keep in mind that the one that, that, uh, Durante has their hands on is a prototype. It's not the one that you're going to have when you buy it. That doesn't mean things are going to change, but it means things could change. Right. Uh, he says the one thing that's actually problematic with this prototype is the B face button. It's not a problem to reach or press it, uh, but it can get stuck or wedged somehow occasionally. Right. Uh, he says, I think the initial journalistic impressions already mentioned this. I assumed it's resolved in final hardware. So basically he says you reach over to it to push it and sometimes it gets stuck down that yeah. is very bad <laughs> yeah if you remember from the screenshots the the b button is a little bit more kind of like it's more like an oval than a than a circle and it's kind of right on the edge so what i'm assuming is happening is you're pushing it at a very slight angle and then it gets wedged somehow underneath the the kind of the face plate so hopefully valve is going to fix that just by like i don't know shaving down that little hole a little bit on so that doesn't happen um but they've had enough feedback i've i've heard this being complained about multiple times so hopefully they were able to make um some small minute changes to uh to to um i guess the molds um for this device uh, i hope this isn't going to be something that happens that, that happens to a lot of people when the first generation of these things start shipping out in December. Yeah. Um, he Now let's move on to the screen. Uh, he, he says the screen, he has two things to say about the screen. First off, he says uh, it's great in terms of quality, no ghosting, contrast seems very decent for LCD. A lot of people were like, well, I wish it was OLED LCD. He says it's pretty good yep. for contrast. He also says the screen gets really bright. That was something that I was a little nervous about because I think, what is it, 400 nits? Yeah, I think that sounds about right. Yeah, I think it's 400 nits. If we're wrong, feel free to well actually us in the comments down below. Um, I don't know why I'm inviting it. You guys are going to do it anyway, and that's fine. <laughs> I'm wrong about stuff all the time, and I'm cool with getting well actually. Anyway, um, he had to, like Durante is saying, that they had to turn the brightness down to 15% or so to comfortably play inside in the evening. Nice. Then they qualified that by saying they generally don't like high brightness screens. Now, I personally like a very bright screen, but like on my on my phone, I always just let it do auto brightness and right. obviously I'm sure that this thing does auto brightness as well. I think that we've seen the sensor for it as well. Um are you an auto brightness guy Lloyd or are you one of those people that rides the brightness on your on your game systems to make sure it's exactly where you want? I had to double check my Switch um, because that's that's the one portable screen that I play on the most um is my Switch and uh depending if I'm playing at night I'll turn auto brightness off and then I'll take my brightness bar and just drag it all the way to the bottom so I don't get like tired eyes. Uh, but for the rest of the time that I'm playing, I leave auto brightness on. So hopefully this won't be an issue on the Steam Deck as well. But I'm I'm glad to hear that it is really bright because if you're playing outside or in a really bright room during the day, you want that brightness to be as high as it possibly could get um, so that you can actually see what's on the screen. Yeah, I personally, I'm not going to play this thing outside. I mean, maybe on my back deck, I might play it, but mm. probably if I'm playing it, I'm going to go inside for the best experience. Right. Um. But I know that there's a lot of people that want to use this outside. And for those people, the 400 nits was definitely a concern. I'm happy to hear 
that it looked the screen looks pretty good. That's right. Um, let he moves on to software. He says overall the software feels great, very suitable for a handheld and easy to navigate. Having two distinct uh, buttons for operating system non-game functions to bring up overlays related to the hardware on the one hand and Steam on the other is very useful. And I think that that's great because that's something you got to remember when you go when you go to play a regular controller game like there's buttons that most controllers don't really utilize all that much and they're for operating system stuff right i love that they included these things and i like that there's two of them and they're also not anywhere in the way like they are far away and they look like they're very easy to reach the thing you brought up the Nintendo Switch a minute ago. Mm-hmm. The plus and the minus buttons on that thing mm-hmm. are terrible. I hate them. I hate, <laughs> hate, hate those buttons, especially the minus button. It is in the worst possible place, and you always have to really reach to hit that button. I like the way that this layout looks. Right. Yeah, no, I I, I really dig that as well. And I'm sure there's going to be some some time that's going to be needed to learn uh, where all the buttons are. But um, yeah, I like that the the steam button and the three dot button, which I guess is kind of like a, an overlay OS kind of button. Um, I like that they're at the bottom and they're not by where all of the other controls are because like on my stadia controller, I hit the guide button all the time, which doesn't work half the 95% of the time. And it just pops up a stupid, annoying uh, alert. I hit that all the time. I take screenshots all the time, move that stuff to the same space and all the other function buttons, put them somewhere else. I'm a big fan of that. Yeah, I, I just want to say I'm I'm hoping that we can get this started. Uh, traditionally, the three dots that are vertical are called the snowman button. Mm-hmm. I like to call the three dots sideways that they have on the Steam Deck the dead snowman. Dead so snowman. hopefully that catches on. Cool. The dead snowman button. That's kind of fun it, to say. Is the snowman um, dead from eating too many hamburgers from the hamburger button? <laughs> <laughs> the hamburger button that's right oh my gosh he's got to eat some more vegetables that's right um that's right. moving on uh they they also said one thing i was particularly interested in as lloyd and i have talked about in the past is suspend and resume since it's technically challenging to get that to work with a massive library of legacy games so far it worked perfectly in all but one game i tested and in that one game audio was crackling after resume I think that's probably something that can be ironed out. Suspend currently takes about two to three seconds. Uh, resume takes 15 to 20 seconds in my test. Oh, wow. Now, oh, wow. in my opinion, I don't know if that's like I read that and I thought, boy, that seems like it's slow to resume. Mm-hmm. But like your reaction just now was like, oh, that's pretty good, right? Um, the the two, three seconds to suspend a game, um, if, if you can just hit the power button and it kind of does the stuff in the background in two and three seconds, that to me, that's fine. Uh, the mm-hmm. 15 to 20 seconds to come back to a game for me is a little bit of an issue. Hopefully they can, they can shave that down with some OS updates. Yeah, and I, I mean, look, this is definitely, oh, you guys can't wait 15, 20 seconds. <laughs> I understand uh, we're being whiny, uh, entitled jerks right now (laughs) um but it is irritating when you click something and nothing happens for 15 to 20 seconds you're like do i have to hit that button again yep did i not hit the button so hopefully i'm fine with 15 to 20 seconds if there's a progress bar or if it says launching your game please wait right uh just make sure that there's some kind of indicator on screen so that impatient bill doesn't look at that (laughs) and think 
I don't think anything's happening. I'm going to start hitting more buttons because then it just it's just a better experience when it communicates to you that something is happening. Right, right, right. Speaking of communication, we got some more comments from you guys from previous episodes. Thank you so much for those comments. If you're watching this right now, leave a comment down below that like button for the algorithm. We would appreciate it. It helps tell uh, YouTube to show our stuff to more people. That's right. Darren Hanna sent in a comment. They said the the Steam Play Together functionality is for remotely sharing games that are normally designed for couch co-op only. This is in response. Well, Lloyd, do you want to tell people what this is in response to? Because I can't remember now. Yeah, we were talking about it. I think it was last episode. Maybe it was the episode before. But there was a comment where um, you could go over to your buddy's house and they're playing uh, a Steam game through big picture mode on their TV. And you could just fire up your Steam Link app and you can connect to that session remotely. And we're like, how does that work? Because I've never personally done that. And so I was interested in what more information would bring to that. And thankfully we got, I got more information after the episode. I, I looked into it a little bit more. And then uh, Darren Hanna uh, with this comment is basically just a, a way to add a, another controller to a couch co-op game. And it basically duplicates that display on your, on your device. So you don't have to look at your device, of course, um, unless you can't find the virtual buttons, but, um, but this is good. This, this means that if I'm playing a couch co-op game, but I'm not broadcasting it on a TV. My buddies will still be able to join me and they'll be able to play on their own little mini device. And you could play, um, as as Darren said, uh, you don't know Jack or any of the Jackbox party games uh, that way. And I'm sure there's probably other games which will be uh, playable this way as well, which is fantastic. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. So thank you very much for the comment, Darren. Uh, my favorite comment uh, <laughs> from from the whole week is from Doomed Brawler. They said, I think they should have a different game size for Steam Deck. Games are much bigger these days due to 4K graphics. Steam Deck doesn't need it. Why not have a 720 graphics pack instead? Yep. Oh my God, I could not agree with this more. Putting out, and here, somebody might be like, well, how do you do that? Well, you make 720 the default, yep. and then free DLC is the 4K assets, so then... When you go to install it on your computer, it's like, do you want the 720 or the 4K? And you're like, 4K. And when you go to install it on the Steam Deck, it's like, hey, I just detected that you're <laughs> playing on a Steam Deck. Right. I'm going to send you the 720p graphics unless you tell me otherwise. That would be absolutely amazing. And it would really cut down on the storage size of some of these games. Like you look at games like I'm just going to pick a game out of the hat like Warzone, mm -hmm. uh, which uh, I haven't I don't play i haven't played but i've heard it's like 130 200 gigs or some crazy number yeah. um like that's gonna fill up your entire steam deck practically by itself so yep. having a smaller footprint version of that game would be a huge win for the steam deck and i hope valve encourages devs to do this yeah hopefully it's it'll be less clunky than like a 4k texture pack dlc that you have to download hopefully it can be done in the background i know OS 10 does that right now. If you are an Intel Mac, you only download the Intel assets. If you're uh, an M1 Mac, you download the M1 assets. Some developers only put out combined binaries that have the Intel, um, oh, what is it, Rosetta and M1 stuff baked into one. They only want to do one binary, but it gives them the flexibility to do that. Uh, Xbox does that right now. So if you download Halo 
uh, Infinite when it comes out on your um, your Series 1S or your Xbox One or your Series X, um, all those installed file sizes are going to be different because they have different bundles for every piece of hardware. So hopefully Steam will allow devs to start uploading various different bundles so they can upload the Steam Deck bundle, which doesn't have any of the crazy 4K stuff. And if your videos are, say, uh, 2K, say you have a video cutscene, then you could take that and scale it down to 720p or 800p, and then your file size for the Steam Deck would be super small. So hopefully that is something Valve's working on. I would would assume that they would be because... they don't want to give they don't want to 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 send bits to people that they're not going to use because that costs them money for from that's true from that. So if you have a million people downloading 20 extra gigs, that's a lot of extra um, file stuff that you're sending out. that You don't really need to send out. So hopefully Steam will have some sort of um, automatic process to do this where me, the developer, says, OK, here's my Steam Deck binary. Here's my PC binary. And then the the store will just give them what they want um down down the road that would be fantastic and and again it's being done on multiple systems right now so it's not like it's anything new hopefully steam can figure something like that out for the steam deck absolutely and you know not just for saving money that's one i hadn't thought of is is saving money on the bandwidth that they're transmitting but it just makes it a better experience for the end user if they aren't filling up their SD card with stuff unless unless Valve decides that that they want to secretly own like SD card uh, <laughs> stock or something right um like it's a better experience for the user if we're not filling it up with stuff that we're not going to use and somebody might say well you can always dock the Steam Deck and play on your computer on your 4K monitor sure you can it's still not going to run that 4K game all that well. Right. So that's really not what that, like that's that's not a good solution. It's better to have, to do what Doomed Brawler is suggesting and have a separate binary that's made with the Steam Deck in mind yep. that doesn't have nearly as, as big of a footprint. That's right. Of course, older games, not going to do that. Like old devs are not going to go back and redo older games to adjust for this but going forward that's a that's a big deal for sure and i guess the the um the alternate point to this is you will be able to plug in your steam deck to a monitor and a keyboard and mouse and use it as a pc at 4k resolution your games won't run as well so maybe valve will say you know what we don't want to do that because if someone hooks it up uh, their Steam Deck to a monitor and a keyboard and mouse. We don't want their games to look terrible. Um, so, so maybe maybe this has already been talked about. Maybe Valve will yeah, update yeah. their FAQs in the future to kind of let us know the the whys. Um, but if I could fit ten games on an SD card instead of just having uh, Call of Duty on it, um, to me that is a better <laughs> experience. So hopefully, there's something we're going to be able to do. Uh, to make that happen. Moving on, Mike Kopak sent a message in. They said, definite props to Valve for treating us fairly with regards to it's my damn hardware and I should be able to do with it what I want and take responsibility if I screw it up. I wish all companies were like that. Did you guys catch the part about them providing a list of compatible SSDs or offering replacements in the replacement parts list? That should eliminate a lot of the guesswork for swapping out an SSD. Right. Uh, We did see that. I love that they're doing that. That means that if there's a problem with your Steam Deck and you know what the hell you're doing, then you can probably fix it yourself. However, like I said in previous episodes, there were a lot of people 
who were posting to the subreddit as soon as this thing got announced, hey, I just bought this SSD, right? and uh, I'm super excited for it. Maybe it's going to work, maybe it's not. Now, we do have a follow-up, and then I'll let Lloyd respond. Uh, Johnny Larson, I'm not going to try and pronounce your last <laughs> name. I'm sorry, but thank you very much for the comment, Johnny. Because I didn't realize this. Uh, 2230, when they're talking about an SSD, stands for 22 millimeters wide, 30 millimeters long. One inch is 25.4 millimeters. Okay, so first off, thank you for converting that from the ridiculous American units to the metric units, which are clearly superior. (laughs) Um, But the thing I want to say about that is, yes, but you can still buy a 2230 that is thicker than it's supposed to be because they put the storage things, whatever they're called, let me know in the comments down below, on both sides of the chip instead of just on one side, making it thicker, which now may interfere with the 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 operation of your steam deck and it might not have the right shielding because it's so close to that wi-fi controller as well so that's things to keep in mind lloyd your thoughts about these two comments yeah for for me the the shielding is going to be more the issue than the 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 thickness i think i think that's going to cause more problems out there at least initially until people can find a particular brand and model that works really well all the time Um, that's going to be an issue um the the whole it's my damn hardware i should be able to do what i want with it stuff um that totally makes sense we had a lot of comments saying it's actually illegal in the u.s to to avoid uh, a warranty by opening a product yep it is and it, it's like that in a bunch of parts of the world but if you try calling nintendo and they say did you open up the back of your switch and you say yes they're like well you voided the warranty and then you have to go through a whole bunch of different steps to to have them say okay fine we'll take a look at it but to take a look at it, we're going to charge you $300 and <laughs> we'll refund it if it comes back and it wasn't something you destroyed. It just adds it adds complexity and annoyance um, for Valve to say, do whatever you want. But if you break it, you're on your own. Um, that that is that is the right type of communication to have as a large company uh, compared to pretty much everybody else that does it differently. Speaking of the right type of communication to have on November 12th, they're going to have this free one day online event with the team who built the steam deck uh make sure that you check the link down below that below that like button there's going to be all links to all of this stuff down there by the way um they said join us november 12th for this free one day online event with this team who i'm just repeating what i just said (laughs) we're looking forward to sharing in-depth information about the best practice practices to help you make your games a seamless experience on the steam deck so who is the same deck clearly this is aimed at devs not us, but that doesn't mean that I am not interested in what they have to say about this. So right. if you want to check this out, it's Friday, November 12th at 1 p.m. U.S. Eastern. Hopefully it's available after the fact because I will be at work at that time. And right. so I won't be able to watch this live. But uh, after the talk, they're also going to have Q&A sessions where they can talk about more of your questions. Um, right. Are you going to be watching this, Lloyd? Uh, yeah, I worked that day, uh, November 11th. That's Remembrance Day up here in Canada. So it's a it's a day off. So I, I'm off work on Thursday, and then I have to go back to work on Friday. Um, so that sucks. If this was on the 11th, that would have been ideal for me. But I'm sure there's logistical issues about um, running stuff on holidays at different parts of the world. 
that I don't even want to get into. Uh, I'm going to register for it because I want to check out these Q&As and a bunch of the other stuff. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to be watching the whole thing all day, but um, obviously because I'm going to be at work for a big chunk of it. But I will uh, I'll, I'll definitely watch stuff over um, and after after the fact, uh, because this is this is great. This is going to answer a lot of questions that hopefully we have and the people that are watching this have that they're going to leave comments below. Hopefully a lot of those questions will just be answered uh, without having to to do I don't know, interviews or more FAQs and all that other stuff. Um, this is great. And I, I love to see Valve doing something like this. As we wrap up the eighth episode of On Deck, uh, we've added a new uh, set section. Section? <laughs> yep. Is that what we call it? Segment? A new section segment, of the show. Segment, section, whatever. Segment. That's the word I was looking for. A new segment of the show called What's On Deck, where we highlight a, a few games that are uh, where the devs have tweeted out or the on deck uh, Twitter account has tweeted out uh, video or screenshots of games that are running on deck. So we've got Hades running on deck. Um, Shuhei Yoshida uh, from PlayStation tweeted out that Horizon Zero Dawn is running on deck. That's I saw fantastic. a lot of people trying to pixel peep, like look really <laughs> closely to see like what how well is it running? I don't know how well it's running, but you can play the game and you can play it portably. And that is something that nobody ever thought that that was going to happen. Right. And Slay the Spire is on deck of these three games. And of course, there's a lot more games that got tweeted out. I just picked uh, a few of them mm -hmm. of these three. What, which one is, are you most excited for I, uh, I, to play on your Steam Deck? I love the fact that uh, Shu was the one showing off Horizon Zero Dawn. He He's a beloved uh, Sony um, exec who it does a lot of interviews, a lot of things. I, I love him. Whenever he does an interview, it's hilarious. Um, there, there's a lot of hilarity that comes from that. Uh, and the fact that he's showing it off just means that, I guess, the Steam Deck is officially the Vita 2 or the PSP 2 <laughs> or whatever you want to call it uh, because it's running PlayStation games, uh, obviously the, the, the PC ports, the PlayStation games, but um, that's fantastic. I want to have Horizon Zero Dawn, Halo Infinite. Uh, I, I, there's no Nintendo game that runs on PC that I can think of. Uh, maybe I can sideload uh, a copy of like Pokemon Go on it or something, and then I'll have a piece of hardware that's running a game from all the three main uh, console manufacturers, which is just kind of blowing my mind. Well, um, it's not from Nintendo, but Monster Hunter Rise is coming that's to, true. Uh, to, that's true. to to Steam. So I know that that's traditionally a Nintendo thing, and it's been on Nintendo, and it's been on PlayStation, so now it's going to be on deck. Nice. Yeah, that's fantastic. All right. Well, speaking of on deck, this has been Episode 8 of on deck thank you everybody uh for the well wishes uh from when i was sick uh, I, we really do appreciate it you guys are awesome um look for the next episode episode nine in about two weeks uh but that doesn't mean that we won't post some some news between now and then if there's something super super exciting i didn't post anything about the verification thing because i was too sick to do anything like that <laughs> right. uh but we'll talk about that stuff in the future and thank you for listening to this episode of On Deck.